0: this is
1: another episode of the podcast. Live it full. Hey, you're listening to the Live It Full podcast. I believe this is episode 82 in our saga to help people to live it full. If you've listened to the podcast before, if this is your first time, we welcome you. Go leave us a five star review on Apple, Spotify, anywhere else that you can. Find us on social media at The Real Live It Full, on Instagram, Live It Full, TikTok. We're on Twitter and obviously Facebook kind of is our bread and butter. So if you want to go like us, give us a share. And if you have any question on where to find those links, you can go to liveitfull.com. All of our social media is there, including the podcast, blog post, um, which I need to update. But, you know, things going well there. But hey, I wanted to talk today a little bit about um, children. So, you know, we talk about faith, family. So number two on our list. Finance fitness. I um, want to talk a little bit about children and kind of the things that I've gone through the last couple of weeks and um, some things I've experienced that are, you know, probably old hat to some people. Probably you will go through it at some point, um, but just having different conversations with your kids about things that maybe people didn't have conversations with you about. Because um, our eldest is getting to the point where she understands financial things a little bit better. She understands why we do certain things, why we don't do certain things, what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. And so I'm trying to get her to understand the value of time and money and that relationship. Um, and so anyways, but that isn't even all the point that I was going to talk about. So the other day on social media, I had posted, somebody had had asked some questions like, what are the things that you want? If you could teach your children anything about money, what would it be? And I thought it was a really good prompt, a really good question. And of course, I broke the rules because it said what it was one thing. Um, but I went through and said, basically, I want their that my ceiling the highest levels that i hit to be their floor okay so that's going to be the premise of what we're going to talk about because i have to try to decide what is there what fallacy is in my logic there Uh, because they're not automatically going to start there are they going to start a lot higher than i did absolutely just because of the way we've raised them but they're going to have to put in some work and do some things but I digress. So back to that. So I had said, basically, keep your debt in dollars, your assets and everything else. I want them to understand compound interest. And that $1 spent is actually $100 you lose in investments over time. And so it may only cost a small amount of money, but that $100 or that $1,000 could end up being $100,000 by the time you retire, or by the time you need some cash, because um, I don't think I'll ever retire. Um, but just so Anyway, so we're talking about that and I was thinking about it and and he he had texted me or messaged me on Facebook and said, man, I, that's profound that you want their their floor to have been your ceiling. And I didn't think it was that profound, but it's a different mindset. Um, I don't know that if people go into life going, I want my kids. I think we all inherently have this where we think our kids need to be better than we were. But do we actively go after it? And that's one thing we talk about with Live It Full is that it's intentional living too many times we go through life with no purpose no direction no plan and we wonder why we don't get where we want to be we wonder why our kids end up just like us you know there's that there's that saying or that thought that like oh you hit a point in your life where you realize you're just like your parents and there's nothing wrong with that inherently but i want more for mine I don't want them to go through the same struggles that I went through with certain things. I want them to go through different struggles. I want them to struggle to scale a business. I don't want them to struggle with credit card debt while they're in college. You know what I mean? Like, There's a different struggle I want them to go through. But I was thinking about it the other day because I've written a lot of blog posts on failure and I talk a lot about failure and that people who win lose more than those who don't win. That was really cumbersome and wordy, but it's true. You will fail more as a winner than you ever did as a loser. And yes, I'm using loser and talking about life. One of my mentors once told me life is a game. There are winners and losers. And I went, whoop, mind blown. You're right. There are people out there that win at the game of life. and There's those that don't. And I'm not talking just financially. I'm talking time, freedom, family, relationships, everything. There are winners and losers. But I was thinking about this is, is, is I was going through, my eldest had a tough time at batting lessons last week. Now, those of you that know our story, know our situation, know how she responds, she's much like me. We are ADHD to the core. We have very strong gifts, but we also um, are prone to emotional responses. And as I've gotten older, I know how to control that on some level. Um, but impulsivity and emotional responses are a big part of that. And so she had a tough batting lesson last week because she failed. And instead of responding to it like, I'm going to work harder, she shut down in that lesson. And her batting coach, uh, he's intense. I love him. But he's not a play around kind of guy. He's there for a purpose. You're paying him to teach your kid to be. The best that they can be. And she knows that. And it doesn't happen often, but she she shut down on him. And I could see it happening. My business partners were there because their kids are there. They could see it happening. But in the moment, there's not much I can do. And I can preach to her all day long. We learn from failure. Everyone fails. Successful people fail more than people that don't. that don't ever try. I promise you will. You only have to succeed one time to make it work. And so I can tell her that. I can tell her that I want you to start here because I started here and I learned through failure how to win. But as a parent, do we try to take away that failure from them? Do we try to take away that pain? Do we try to take away that hurt to where they don't fail? And she takes it way different than any of my other kids would. They may just laugh it off or say, you know what? I'll try again and be better the next time. Or, ha ha, it happened. I didn't do well. She wants to be good. Not good. She wants to be great. And that's one thing I love about their batting coaches. he, he asked them questions all during there. It's not just technical. It's, it's mental. Because most of, most of softball and baseball is mental. It's that six inches between your head that hurt you the most. It's not physical ability. He said, what do great hitters have? And one of the kids said, balance. And he said, no, they have great balance. He's teaching them to be great. You have to be great at the individual things. But she failed. She struggled with it on the way home. She sat in the backseat of the car and was like, I don't deserve to sit up front. She's very hard on herself. But if I try to take away that pain, if I try to tell her, it's okay, baby, you did a great job. Am I failing as a parent? Am I failing at the one who wants her to start higher than I did? And so she's got to learn on her own. As much as I want her to start where I finish, she's not ever going to until she puts in the work. And that's hard because as a parent, I want her to be able just to step into a role. And I think that's why second and third generation businesses fail. You see these businesses that were built by grandparents parents like us and that will be grandparents someday they're built by a generation it doesn't matter what generation i think there's people who build and from baby boomers to gen x to millennials to zennials whatever you want to call us that are in between and in gen y they're going to be builders they're going to be people who do things and you can say that generation's or that generation doesn't do anything or they they're living off their parents' hotels whatever there's going to be five percent that do it in every generation A lot of times, second and third generation businesses fail. Sometimes they go to another level, but it's rare. Why? Because they're plugged into roles in those businesses and they don't have to learn how to fail. And so as a parent that wants my child to start in a different spot than I did, I have to be careful of placing her there or placing him there because they have to do it. There is no... Wisdom in the world that I can give them that will set in their psyche as much as experience. We talk about that you get wisdom from experience, right? From making bad decisions, from failing. I can't take that away from them. And that's so hard. It is. But they have to learn how to fail and how to respond to it. Now, here's the difference this is where we can step in. What we didn't get from the people around us when we were young is that person saying, yes, failure's real. Failure sucks, but you have to fight through it. You have to be better. And the only way you're going to get better is to keep failing until you succeed. So I will be that voice in their head. I will be the one that pushes them. Because the world doesn't care. The world doesn't care whether they succeed or not, but I do. And so so this week was um, my son's birthday. It was a big birthday for him. He's five. I can't tell you how excited he is to be five. I don't know why it was such a big birthday in his head, but he's been real, real excited about it for a while. And he asked me, he said, Dad, the one thing that I really would like is to stay home with you. Today, I'd like us to do some stuff. So I said, you know what? Let's make that happen. And I did spend all day with him, um, went out and hunted a little. I'd say hunted, we scouted, looked for some deer, glassed some fields, got to see what was out there, had a really good time. And as we came back into town, he's been asking me for a pocket knife because I always carry one. My daddy carried one, my granddaddy carried one. Like I think men that carry pocket knives are a different breed, um, especially for those that maybe aren't out in rural parts of the country. But they're meant to get things done. I think it's symbolic. There's something there that, that it's um, it's different. Now, some of y'all are going to come at me and be like, "You gave a five year old enough." Yes, I did. So, is that irresponsible? Somebody's going to tell me that. I promise you, somebody in the comments, somebody's going to email me, somebody's going to DM me and say, "Well, that is very irresponsible of you." Good, maybe irresponsible for your kid. I trust him. Um, so we stopped to the the hardware store that sells case knives because case are kind of my favorite heirloom. Yeah, you know what my daddy carried maybe it's a chevy ford thing but i like them and i let him pick out what he wanted he picked out a beautiful little it's not a big enough um little two blade case get red bone worn look so it's, uh, it's pretty little enough and i told him can't open it without me i don't want you using it for anything without asking me first like can keep it in your pocket you can't take it to school when we're home you can have it in your pocket and we can uh if you need help with something you don't play with it without it's not a toy it's a tool um, and it's very sharp. His case knives out of the box come real sharp. We'll shave your arm, kind of kind of sharp. Well, like most children do, he didn't 100% listen to me. And probably five minutes after we got home, he uh, cuts his finger as he's trying to shut that knife without me after he opened it. It wasn't bad. Put a Band-Aid on it. Um, You could tell he had some contrition and remorse in what he did. Um, It was a good learning opportunity. Did I think that he was going to do that? 100%. I knew he was going to do that. Text some of my buddies a picture, kind of laughed about it and said, you know, I told him don't play with it. Next thing you know, he's cut his finger. He learned. If I never give him that knife and never let him cut his finger, does he ever learn that? We have to allow our children to fail. We have to learn allow them to do dangerous things safely. When you hover on them over them on the playground to make sure they don't nothing happens, they'll never learn how to step away. They'll never take that faith, that faith to leap across the monkey bars because they're afraid of falling. It's like the first time a kid gets up in a batter's box, they're afraid to get hit, especially when they're young and they're like in ten U softball. 10 U baseball, 12 U where pitchers are just learning how to pitch. They're a little wild. You're going to get hit with a ball. That first one scares the bejesus out of them. But after they get hit, they realize it wasn't that bad and they stay in the box. Same thing. If we don't ever allow them to fail, they're never going to know what it feels like. They're never going to know what it feels like to recover from that. And I would venture to say in life, 90% of things that we do are failures. Didn't work the first time. A lot of people just quit because they don't like that feeling. And there's days that I want to quit things. Days I know, but it doesn't matter how I feel. Feel, Emotions are liars. Fear, doubt, anxiety, those things creep in and they lie to us. You've got to learn how to overcome them. Regardless, I mean, I think that counseling is a great way to overcome some of that. I think that... Good nutrition, exercise. There are things that will always help you overcome that fear of doing things, fear of failure. I think talking to people who have failed and succeeded helps a lot. Find a mentor. You know, that's a big part of what we talk about. But for them, so I'm going to get back and wrap it up here with what I started talking about. But for their ceiling or their floor to have been my ceiling, They're not magically going to be 18 and start where I finish or 20 or 30. I've got to help them get there. I've got to help build them. I've got to help them fail so that they will succeed. I've got to let them cut their fingers every once in a while. And as a parent, that's the hardest thing to do. Now, I know Mac will not go back and play with that knife without me. If he does, I guarantee you he'll be a little more careful a little more cautious. And I know that Macy had a great batting lesson this week. Why? Because we talked about it every day the past week. How do we respond? You want to be great, you have to learn how to respond to failure. You want to be the best, you're going to fail more than everybody else, including the second best, I promise. And you don't have to be great all the time to be one of the best. That's the thing that people miss. The best baseball players in the world, and I'm a sports guy, so I'll use analogies sometimes like this, but the best baseball players in the world, they fail seven out of 10 times and get paid millions to do it. Millions. They're the best. You'll go in the Hall of Fame if you consistently hit 300. I mean, to me, that's baseball's one of the best analogies you can ever use. You know how many times you're gonna fail at the plate? A lot. But to be the best, you only have to succeed maybe three of them. That's a big deal. It's a big deal for us to understand that. And a big deal as part of living at full is doing what you want to do when you want to do it and having the freedom to do it. Well, to get to that point in life, you gotta fail a lot. You gotta try things that don't work. You gotta have businesses that may fail. Or you'll find, uh, you know, it's like Thomas Edison said, I didn't fail 10,000 times. I figured out 10,000 ways not to build the light bulb I wanted to. It only took the last one for him to uh, create something that without, we'd be in darkness, right? Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you got something out of it. God bless, and I hope you continue to live it full.
0: You just listen to this entire episode that means you gained some type of value so make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of live it for living everyday life with a purpose living everyday life with a purpose make sure you embrace every single day and we'll see you next time on the live it for podcast